welcome to Faith City Podcast with your lead pastor, Kevin Wright. For more podcasts, news, and upcoming events, please check out www.myfaithcity.org. We want everyone to see what our church is like every Sunday. I've been on this message called Baggage. Everybody say baggage. You know, everybody in life, ever so often, I got these old baggage up here. This is for people who's been carrying a lot of baggage for a long time. This is grandma luggage here now. You know, everybody in life goes through life, and they have a lot of baggage. You know, it could be baggage that you have maybe uh, against God. It may be baggage that, that maybe something went way wrong in your life. You know, maybe something didn't work out for you the way you thought it should. And, and so you just got angry at God. You know, life just, maybe there was a tragedy that took place. And you just said, you know, God, how could you allow this to happen? And so that day of that tragedy, you took this baggage in your hand. You said, I'm never going to talk to God about this anymore. You know, between me and God... There's a wall now. I have this baggage. Maybe it's a relationship that went way bad for you. And so you said, you built these walls up and you said, because I got all this hurt and this pain because of what these people have done to me, I'm going to carry baggage for the rest of my life. And I'm I'm not going to ever let anybody hurt me again. So I'm never going to get close to anyone ever again. You know, anybody is acceptable to picking up baggage And carrying it for a life journey. It could be relational baggage. It could be the church. Where maybe you've been hurt at a church and you said, Because of what that pastor, because what that church did, I'm never, ever, ever going to go to church again. So you just take your baggage and you just walk around with it. Just through life because you know, because you were hurt. Everybody's been hurt. There's nobody in here that's probably never been hurt. You know, not been hurt by somebody or something. You know, I read that at least one in four girls will actually be sexually molested. One in four young girls. And the sad thing is, so often, it's done by the authority figure or a family member. Maybe you were, you know, someone said to you, you'll never amount to nothing. You're a nobody. You're going nowhere. And maybe you believed it and you just said, you know what? I'll pick that up. You know, maybe you didn't even know you picked it up, but you picked it up, and because of what somebody said over your life, you believed it. How many people know we can't believe the enemy? And so last week I talked about three prayers, just a quick review. The first prayer that I wanted you to pray was, God, help me renew my mind. How many people know the Bible is truth? I said the Bible is truth. And we know that the truth sets you free. So if there is baggage in your life, you need to know the truth about your situation. And the very first thing you need to say to yourself, I acknowledge I got baggage in my life. I acknowledge I've been carrying this around for a long, long time. This person hurt me. That person hurt me. I'm against this. I'm against that. You got to acknowledge you got baggage in your hand. Are you hearing me today? And the first prayer you need to pray, God, help me to renew my mind. In other words, I need to know the truth. I need to know what you say about my life. 
And we talked last week about the bridge from the past. Look, how many people know? Everybody say the past. It keeps people from moving forward. If I would have got hung up with all my baggage I had, if I would have just held it in my hand, I would not be standing here today preaching to you, sharing the gospel with you, if I would have kept all the baggage I had in my hand. It keeps people moving forward. You ever meet somebody and every time you talk to them, they're always talking about the past. That past can be a very, very hard thing to deal with. You know, I meet people sometimes that's been in the military and the past has just boggled them down. Seeing the images and all the pain of a a military soldier. I've got many friends that... They still think about that day. They saw all that happen. It's hard to let go of the past, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to let go of a divorce where your mom and dad split up and the pain of that divorce just kind of just stuck with you, even into adulthood. You got to acknowledge your, your baggage. And you got to pray a little prayer. God, help me to renew my mind. That means help me to get in this Word of God and change my thinking. Because you're never going to change your life until you change the way you think up here. The Bible says in Romans 12, when it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until you change your mind, you're never going to change your life. God wants you to change. He don't want the past to keep you from moving forward. I said a little comment. God revealed this to me years ago. If you let the past show up in your present, it will stop your future. Don't let the past show up in your present because it will stop your future. And the bridge from the old way of thinking to the new way of thinking is renewed thinking. The only way you're going to get from thinking like a new person is renewing your mind daily. Some people just think, man, you were born a preacher, aren't you, Kevin? No, I wasn't born this way. Listen, when I got born again, my spirit was born again. I am saved. But this little thing right here, look, this little mind of mine wasn't saved. That's why Greg Rochelle could sit on the front porch of his uh, college, drink beer, and read his Bible. Because he hadn't renewed his thinking enough to get away from what he'd been wanting to get away from. Are y'all listening? That's why Christians sometimes can get labeled hypocrites. Because they get saved. They remember the day they knelt down to the Lord, but they didn't renew their mind enough to start changing in certain areas. Paul prayed a little prayer like this. And I'm sure some of us have been there. Lord, what I hate to do, I do. And what I do, I hate. Has anybody ever been there? Man. I've always thought, I said, Apostle Paul, man, this is the Apostle Paul. He hated what he did, and when he did it, he hated when he did it. This is a person that is having a hard time changing, even a man of God. Are y'all listening? I want y'all to get this today, especially when we get to start talking about addiction. It's dangerous. It hurts people. The second prayer I said, help restore what was lost. How many people know when you carry baggage in your life, you lose because of that? You lose out on a lot of things. It's no surprise I've met with people as a youth pastor, girls that were raped. There was a seventh grader that I knew 
I was her pastor and she had been raped. How do you even deal with someone like that? How does a little seventh grader get on with her life? Man, you, how many people know that's some baggage there? You know, how do you even move forward with your life after going through such a tragic moment like that? I'll tell you how. Is God will restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Every past thing that has ever happened to your life. Every trauma. Every bad thing. God wants to restore everything the enemy has stolen. Amen. Every hurt, every pain, every bitterness, God wants to restore it. He wants to give you back what the enemy has stolen. As a matter of fact, I'm getting, I want to get to the place where I'm making the devil give everything back that I've become too expensive to steal from. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, you start telling the devil, you better give that back. You stole that from me. It's coming back. It is coming back seven times more. Devil's going to say, I don't want to steal from him no more. He's commanded me to give it back seven times more. Anybody been stolen from lately? You know, I've had some stuff stolen from me. And I'm telling the devil, it's coming back seven times more in the name of Jesus. I'm going to make him give it back. You know how you get it back? Is you start, you start letting the baggage go and you start speaking life over your situation. Listen, God specializes in finding what was lost and restoring that was, which was broken. I know people right now, even before I met Terry, I can tell you right now, I lost my virginity. You know, I did things I shouldn't have done, but when I met Terry Wright, I was two years, not one kiss. How many people know I was a born-again virgin, amen? Yes, sir, and I was proud of it. Turned down all those ladies. I'm a good-looking guy, you see. But I can, I can tell you this. God can restore anything that was stolen. Anything that, that you've allowed the enemy in to take. He can restore it back. I'm a new... Listen, I, it was like when I met Terry, like I'd never had a relationship with a female ever. Yeah, I had my past. Yes, I had my broken relationships. But when I met that woman of God, I had let that baggage go. And how many people know ex-girlfriends are baggage? Can I get a witness? <laughs> you know, people carry baggage back into relationships. And I'll tell you how you know it. Like when you say something to somebody and they say, you act just like my dad. You act just like so-and-so. You hadn't let that person go. Now here you are relating to somebody that's not even that person and because they acted like that person and because that person hurt you, when that person acts any way similarity to that person, you say, no, that, you, you're acting like so-and-so. You've got to let that person go. Amen. Are y'all listening today? And lastly, the, set, the third prayer was, God, help me to release my offender. There is no moving on without forgiveness. I think I'll say that again. There is no moving on with your life without forgiveness. There is no letting baggage go until you've learned to forgive people that have hurt you. You've got to let your offender go. I don't know about y'all, but people have offended me. 
People have hurt me, but I've got to move on with my life and so do you. You've got to let those people that's hurt you, you've got to let them go. You've got to let that person go. You've got to let whatever it is that's hurt you, you've got to let them go. Because until you let them go, you're, you'll never let yourself go. Let them go. Everybody say, let my people go. Amen. And so because of baggage, it's no surprise that today I'm talking on addiction. Because when people have baggage, they look for help any way they can get it. Sometimes God is not the first answer to somebody that is struggling. They don't want to turn to God. So they turn to something called addiction. And addiction is very dangerous. It hurts people. It not only hurts people, it hurts families. It hurts children. It hurts so many people. Addiction is very, very dangerous. Everybody say addiction. No one ever says to themselves, no one ever says to themselves, you know, when I start smoking, then I'm going to struggle with addiction and my lungs 30 years down the road are going to start feeling the effect of it. Now, if you smoke in here, don't worry about it. I'm not coming down on you. I'm going to hit everybody today. We're just going to start with the smokers first, okay? (laughs) My mom struggled. My dad struggled with smoking for, man, 40 years. So if you're saying, well, you don't like smokers, you don't like me. Listen, my mom and dad smoked. My mom stopped smoking when when she, they uh, said that she had COPD. And she was in the hospital on steroids fighting for her life. And when she got out of that hospital, she went home. I said, if you ever smoke again, we're going to have a problem. I come to her house, knock on the door. I couldn't find my mother. I'm like, where's she at? I'll look out back. My mom's swinging in the swing, smoking a cigarette. My dad is in the shed. You know what I did? I got so, so angry. I had car keys in my hand. Because I didn't want my mom to rob me of grandkids. Because she going to be with Jesus early. I'd be mad at her. So I take my keys. The pastor does. I went, and I threw them at the shed. My keys stick in the metal shed. My mom right then said, I will never smoke again. And she has never smoked again from that day forward. The keyholes are still there. I'm telling you. The thing is, is that my dad was right here. And I threw him at the shed. Man, I could imagine if those things hit him in the forehead, we'd have a big problem. Oh, man. Then I had to ask God to forgive me. No person says, hey, you know, I got this gambling problem. You know, I'm going to start gambling, and it's going to take me to places I never want to go, going to buildings I never want to go to, you know, cash in my retirement fund, lose my family over gambling. No gambler starts out thinking, I'm going to lose it all. No person that is addicted to alcohol started out going, man, I think... uh, I'm going to get three DUIs, lose my license, go to prison, go to jail, whatever. No, nobody thinks that. No drunk driver starts out thinking, you know, I'm going to accidentally kill somebody in a, a DUI today. Nobody thinks about that. Addiction is very su- is subtle. It's very tricky. And if you give your life to it, it's for one reason that you do. It's because it's going to take your life Because anything the devil does, anything that he touches, he kills, he destroys, and he steals. So if you give the enemy any open door, any open door in your life, 
He'll still kill or destroy. Nobody starts off thinking this. Nobody starts off thinking this is what I'll become. Nobody gets on the computer and starts looking at porn and thinks, you know, I'm going to be addicted to the computer. I'm going to be addicted to porn. They didn't start off like that. They didn't start looking at those images. It just started with the jogger going down the road or it started with, you know, looking at a J.C. Penney's catalog and, and all of a sudden you're starting to lust and get in this addiction that you can't get out of. Nobody wants to be addicted. Addiction is a very serious thing. It kills people. It steals people's homes and families and marriages. My question to you today, right now, what is mastering you? What in your life right now is mastering you? It don't have to be something like internet porn. It could be, is anger mastering you? Is bitterness mastering you? Is unforgiveness mastering you? What are you being mastered by? What is bigger than yourself? What's bigger than you? It could be caffeine. It could be sports. It could be games. Maybe you're addicted to your appearance. God help you, Jesus. And so you spend all the time in the gym putting all that effort into your outward body and doing nothing on the inside of your life to make your life even better on the inside. You know, I love that Terry's doing a Bible study. You know, that's why, because we want to get you, your appearance on the inside looking good, amen? The Bible says this, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. He is speaking to the church of Corinth. How many people heard my series called Church Gone Wild? The 1 Corinthians, yeah, that's a pretty good series, y'all got to hear it, all right? I did a verse-by-verse study of 1 Corinthians, and he was speaking to the Corinth church who was being mastered by sexual sin. They had sexual goddess. You know, they, I mean, I'm telling you, this church was a church gone wild. It would be right next to the video of girls gone wild, I'm telling you. Corinth church, girls gone wild. Well, how do you know about those videos, Pastor Kevin? I don't know anything about them. I don't watch them, but how many people know it? Late at night, men are watching those videos. I'm not going to be mastered by nothing. You're not going to be mastered by anything because we have a choice what we look at and what we do with our lives. Amen. He is speaking about a church that had sexual sin. But Paul is saying, I will not be mastered by anything. Anything. You say, well, I'm not really addicted. You know, I've heard that a hundred times. If I've heard it a hundred times, I've heard it a thousand times. I'm really not addicted to it. I can get out of this anytime, any day. How many people have heard that? I've heard that lame excuse a hundred times. And how many times we, we just think, I can get out of it, but they never get out of it. So our first step today, everybody say, take it to God. First thing you're going to do with your addiction is you've got to take it to God. The Bible says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires, but rather offer yourselves to God, for sin shall not have master over you, for you shall not be a slave to sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, I'm almost done. If you're happy about it, give me a big amen. Good job, good job. That's the first time. 
Bible says in Romans chapter 6, don't, listen, you are a slave to whom you obey. If, you, if sin knocks on your door and you let that sin in, you obey that sin, and the Bible says you are a slave to that sin. We should not be a slave to sin because Jesus has already defeated sin. We should be a slave unto righteousness. But there are things in our lives that master us, that we should never let master us. Amen. I'm going to have to go quickly. What time? Y'all got some time? There's nothing better than the Word, right? Number two, unless you want to put the weapons we fight with are, are weapons of the world. On the contrary, that they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Word of God has power to demolish any stronghold in your life of addiction. The Word of God can get you out of anything. Number two, everybody say, take it public. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 2 Corinthians says, God says, for my grace is sufficient for you. Help me with prayer. Amen? Look, find somebody in your life to hold you accountable. I got people in my life I can call. Um, Greg Gishel, you know, you know what he does? He has three people. Anything that he views on the internet, those three people can see what he views. I don't have a struggle with that. But it's not a bad idea if you're on the internet a lot to have somebody else that can view your stuff. Amen. Accountability. You are not exempt from falling. There are great men of God who fall on the earth. And they were great men of God. But nobody's exempt from being tempted, attacked, or falling in life. Everybody has struggles. And that's why you need someone to go to and say, man, I've been thinking this way. I don't want to live this way. You need somebody you can take that mask off, put it down, and get real with somebody and say, I'm struggling. I need help in this. Every preacher ought to have it. I got people in my life right now and call them and talk about anything. I can talk about anything. Talk about my marriage. Talk about my struggles. Talk about my thought life. You ought to have that. Because if you don't have that, the enemy is going to play tricks on you. Next thing you know, you backslide. You're not going to church. You can't even go back to church because you're so condemned that you think the church is going to beat you up like the church is filled with a bunch of holy people and you're just a dirty piece of garbage. No, we are all in this thing together. We all struggle. We all fight. We all battle. Satan all attacks us. We just, we just got to be man or woman enough to say, listen, this is me. This is who I am. I need help. Everybody say, take it public. Listen, you cannot deal with your sin until you let the light of God shine in on it. you got to let God expose your sin to someone. You'll never get out of it unless it's exposed, unless you talk about it. You know, I like the story of three ministers that were on a fishing trip. They were out there all by themselves, and one guy said, man... Let's just be real and honest about what's going on. And one minister says, all right. Well, you guys want to be honest, you know, if you can pray for me. I've been looking at some stuff that I shouldn't look at. And the other two guys were like, oh, man, all right, you okay? Let's pray for you. And the second minister said, well, man, since you were honest, I got to tell you, I've been doing some gambling lately. I mean, I don't get paid a lot of money at the church, and I'm just trying to make some money, and uh, I'm in a big hole now. And I might be addicted to gambling. And the third guy says, man, I'll be praying for y'all. Well, since you raised up your issues, he said, my big problem is I'm addicted to gossip. 
and I can't wait to get back to town. Second <laughs> Corinthians 12, 9 says, God says, for my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. No matter what you're struggling with, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Everybody say, come boldly. That means take your baggage, your addiction, and you lay it before the feet of Jesus. Say, this is my struggle. Right? Everybody say, take it to God. Take it public. And lastly, take it down. The addiction, you got to take that thing down. You got to put it in a rear naked choke and make it tap out. Amen? Apostle Paul said this. Not that I beat my body and make it my slave. Now, no, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Apostle Paul knew what it meant to, listen, he took authority over his body. You know what he said? Hey, listen, this body ain't just going anywhere, and this body just ain't going to do anything. I take authority over this body and over this thought life. It's not just going to be haphazardly dancing out there in the world. No, I'm in control. I, you know, I love when people say, well, God's in control. No, I tell you, God, is, listen, I'm going to tick somebody off this morning. I want to do it. God is not in control. Somebody say, oh, Jesus, oh, he's, out of, he's off his rocker. You're in control. Because if God was in control, He would control all of us and we would never do any sin. God's already did what He's going to do for you and I. You're in control. You're going to do what you want to do and you're going to say what you want to say and you're going to be the person you want to be until you let God come in and let Him start doing some things in your life. See, God will expose the darkness in your life, but He's not going to pick up that garbage. You're going to have to get the broom and the dustpan, and you're going to have to clean house. He'll shine in on you, and you're going to clean it up. God's just not going to take You're smoking a cigarette one day. God, take my cigarettes. God doesn't want your cigarettes. He doesn't smoke. Oh, God, take my cigarettes. No. He, he, here's, he's not going to come. You're smoking. He comes and goes, I'll take that cigarette, and he slams it on the ground. God doesn't do that way. Does he? You come to church, and the preacher's preaching, and you get convicted. You're like, man, he's talking about me today. And then God shines his light in on your heart and says, yeah, you struggle in that area. Pastor's talking to you. God's talking. Listen, I'm talking to you today. Yeah, you're hurting in that area. Deal with this. Do this. Do something about this. And then you say, yes, I will. So you start renewing your mind, and you start getting in the Word, and you start changing your life. Everybody say, take it down. Would you all stand with us today? As the worship team comes up. Oh man, I want to preach. I just want to preach over and over and over. Now just guard what God's doing today. Nobody leaving if you don't mind. I mean, if you have to, I understand. I'm not going to lasso you out, you know. And I, I, I wanted to speak this because if truth be told, there are people in here right now that are struggling with addiction that you would have never thought would have struggled with addiction. So we're not going to have an altar call. We're not going to have people come up and everybody's going to, ah, look at them. I wonder what they're struggling with. I knew they were struggling with something. Because truth be told, I've ran into doctors. I've ran into lawyers. I've ran into people that are addicted to drugs and you would have never thought they'd been addicted to drugs. 
Drugs ruin people's lives. Pills runs, ruins people's lives. There are people right now, man, they're on pills. And, man, you just see them and you just know they're on pills. Pills is destroying this city. I'm telling you, this city is a drug capital. Y'all don't believe me? I was wild enough to know some of the drug dealers out there. I mean, this place is filled with drugs. This city is filled with pills. You can get any drug you want in this city. Are you hearing me today? So what I want to present to you today as we just do a worship song. Maybe I didn't call out what you're addicted to. The first thing you need to know is that God loves you. Even while you're addicted, that God loves you. Do you understand that? You say, Pastor, you're not qualified to teach this. I like, you say, you've never been addicted. You don't know what I went through. You better watch how you say that because Jesus Christ was never addicted to drugs. He was one of the greatest influencers that's ever lived. Jesus Christ. Never had a drug problem. Never had an alcohol problem. But he's in the ministry of setting people from what he never did. He mastered sin. There will never be anybody in this room that did what Jesus did, mastered, where you never sinned. Jesus never sinned. He took sin put it in a headlock and didn't and just defeated it mastered sin and then he says in Romans chapter 6 now Lord that I've mastered sin now I give you the same authority to master it the way I did it what's controlling you what's mastering you this morning turn it around you master sin you be the master of that situation because Jesus Christ has given you everything it takes to master any temptation, any sin. So, Father, in Jesus' name, as we worship you with this song, no matter who walked through the doors today, thank you that you love them. And as we begin to worship with this song, I thank you, Lord, you're going to move upon that person. They knew who they are. They're going to feel your presence. They're going to feel that power and that love and that comfort come around them. And they're going to say, yes, God, I do struggle with this. And I take it to you. And then you're going to find somebody. I'll be a friend to you. And you take it to me and say, Pastor Kevin, you don't know this about me. You don't know this side of my life. I've been keeping it secret. But I struggle with this. I want to take it down. Everybody say, take it down. down. Addiction is coming down today. In the name of Jesus, the strongholds of control are being broken right now. Now look at me. As we're going to worship, look, maybe you've never lifted your hands. Watch this. I'm going to show y'all. Everybody raise your hand like this. Now raise the other one. Was that hard? Now look, I got another trick for you. Take this hand and take this hand. Now keep it there for a second. Keep it there for a second. Just keep it there. Go ahead. Now, you got your hands up? Honor you, Jesus. What can we say, Lord? I've always been there. I pray that I shared everything that you want me to share today the way you want share. I pray today people just received it with a good heart and they
took it in that the enemy won't come in and try to get them offended or hurt. But Lord, they'll just take what I said today out of your word and they'll allow it to really change your lives. I pray blessings over every family represented here today. God, we live in a very difficult time in the earth. We really, really need you, Lord. Jobs and just lack of jobs, lack of needs in so many areas. But Lord, you're the source. You've always been the source. And Lord, we just reminded how much earthly things have left us dry. Only you can satisfy. We may have lost material possessions, but we never, never have to worry about losing you, Lord. You're the most stable thing in our lives. You're our stability. We praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Well, God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap. Isn't he good? What a great day at Faith City. Look, if it's your first time, and I know some of you, you're our friends. And you-